0: You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona
1: State Sun Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a sweet, sweet victory Monday for the Sun Devils. You're turned into the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Me and Connor today get to sit down and talk to you about a huge statement win by the Sun Devils in Pasadena on Saturday night against the UCLA Bruins. We're going to look at the great things from that game. We're going to look at the negative things from that game. And then we're going to hand out a couple of game balls for the guys who stood out to us the most and break it all down a little bit in detail as we go through. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast.
0: Thanks for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available
1: on all platforms. Victory Monday. Screech. Lou, lo, 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 lo. <laughs> Welcome to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. I am your host, Richie Bradshaw, joined always by my good friend, Connor Drios, who needs to stop judging me right now so I can get us started. I just, I
0: don't know. Like, if you try to patent, if you want to call it a screech, I think that line would be absolutely empty. <laughs> There's no point in even trying to patent it. It's just going to be yours. No one else would ever take it from you. But anyways. Connor, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing okay. I, I don't know what... Uh, I know it was packed 12 after dark, and I know you're probably still feeling some of the effects of that game and having to stay up for it. But we're going to talk about a great win against UCLA. But let's tell the good people where they can find us on the internet.
1: Well, if you're on Twitter, which is definitely our number one stomping grounds, you can find me at brads 36 You can find you at Drios, and you can find the podcast at LO underscore Sun Obviously, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anything and everything in between. We have the best Arizona State Sun Devils content Monday through Friday. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive right into the good and the great and the amazing things that happened on Saturday night. Connor, what really stood out to you in this in this victory? Well, unfortunately, we
0: only have time for like a 30-minute podcast, so I can't get into everything good the Sun Devils did. But I, I would at least say that over the last couple weeks, we've been pretty uh, just critical of them, whether that was a win or a loss, which is totally fair, right? You can't, even though your team is winning a game, that doesn't mean they can't be better in any facet of it. So but let's start with Jaden Daniels. We have talked about him stepping up, making the big play, being able to throw the ball effectively, which is exactly what he did. He passed for 286 passing yards, which, by the way, that was one of my bold predictions. He would lead uh, the game in passing yards, but not for the reason that I said. I, I figured ASU would be playing a little bit more from behind. Uh, but Jaden was very efficient, throwing 13 for 19 for 286 and two touchdowns, which was 15 yards an attempt. I, I, You and I had talked, I think, in between the game about the lack of time of possession just being there for ASU. But when you are as good as Jaden was, it didn't matter, right? Everything that UCLA did when they went and scored a field goal or when they went and scored a touchdown, Jaden literally just put on his helmet and said, let's go and just answered the bell immediately after.
1: Yeah, this is one of those games where time of possession is an overrated stat. So there's times where time of possession is incredibly important to dictating the pace of the game, but then there's other times where your defense might just be elongating drives and getting crucial stops when they need to get the stops, and then your offense comes out and goes, boom, 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 here's some points. So that was the case for the Sun Devils on Saturday night in Pasadena, is Jaden Daniels was riding hot, he was hitting the deep ball, which is something we'll touch on here in a little bit, and the offense was splitting up points. The defense, while there was a lot of conversions that we wish didn't happen, They were still able to get the stops when they needed to get the stops, and obviously, they pitched a shutout in the second half of that game. But bringing it back around to Jaden Daniels, who should be the poster boy of who we want to talk about today, Jaden was just lights out, terrific in this game. We have been asking for majority of this season and the entire length of this podcast. We've been asking for Jaden to light up the box score with his arm and to really put an emphasis on getting this passing attack to the next level and Jaden didn't even
0: force anything either like when you look at his overall stats you might think that Jaden was just trying to get the ball or at least move the ball through the air but again only 19 pass attempts he had two passes to and we'll touch on ricky pierce in just a little bit but those two deep balls that he hit him on exactly where it needed to be he saw that Ricky had gotten away and there was a big play opportunity there and just hit him in stride. It wasn't so much that Jaden just put the the team on his shoulders per se, but did everything he needed to. He protected the ball very well, which was something we talked about on Friday, making sure that he wasn't going to essentially give UCLA more opportunities in this game, which is something you couldn't afford, but he protected it uh, again, extremely efficient through the air and made the plays exactly when they needed to be made both in the air and on the ground.
1: Yeah. And he just, we, I really can't stress the importance of Jaden using his arm to really elevate the offense around him and take everything to the next level. Let's
0: talk about Ricky Pearsall. He stepped up in a big way. Not anything, again, only because there was 13 completions overall. He had five targets for four yards, or sorry, <laughs> five targets, four catches for 132 yards, and those two touchdowns. Do we think that he is going to be, uh, again, the prototypical X wide receiver in this offense? Maybe not, but he does a little bit of everything, and in a moment like this, it's exactly what you needed to do. You had somebody who finally stepped up uh, and was Jaden's
1: go-to guy. Pearsall was doing a little bit of everything for you, too, at the receiver spot, so one of his touchdowns came on a screen pass, so just right underneath, and he created with the ball in his hands. That's huge. That's what you're looking for out of, a guy that you expect to get the most of your passing offense out of as someone who can be creative after the catch. But then the other touchdown that he had was a long streak down the field and just looked great. He looked like that deep threat that we've been wanting for Arizona State, and Ricky Pearsall looks like the guy who can do it consistently. It's not going to be Andre Johnson. This is the second week in a row that we haven't heard from him. Brian Thompson didn't do anything in this game. LV Bunkley, Shelton, and Johnny Wilson had their moments, but Pearsall has been the guy every week that has shown up. So while, while we're waiting for our knight in shining armor to come out and look like Prince Charming for this offense, it turns out that the boy next door, Ricky Pearsall, was everything that we've been looking for. I
0: don't know about everything. Last week, he basically made a, a great great gadget play where he had that. Uh, essentially sideline pass to Rashad White, uh, but otherwise receiving, he actually might have even had negative yards to the air. But either way, um, he's at least been consistent. You, you don't see him at least be a non-factor for the most part, short of like maybe against Colorado, but again, still had that pass. But where we're talking about Andre Johnson, really lack of production for two games. Uh, and again, even the, the first couple of games before that, it's not like he went off for a couple hundred yards or at least like a uh, hundred yards a game kind of thing. So...
1: Um, no, Pearsall- but my, my point was more of like – think of it like a teenage rom-com movie in high school. And they're, they're trying to get the cheerleader because she's the prettiest girl in the squad. But it turns out that the best friend, the girl next door, was the number one girl all along. So like Andre Johnson and all these other receivers are the cheerleader that we want so desperately to be the wide receiver one. But Ricky Pearsall – has just been doing everything right in the meantime, and we're just now realizing, you know what? Pearsall's the number one option in this offense. I'm curious when Jaden goes through his
0: progressions on how many types of plays they draw where Rashad White's just his first read anyways. You, You would think dumping it off to the running back might be something he likes to do later on if nobody else is open, but Rashad White gets enough looks that he could also be filling that role as well. Richie, let's talk about ASU's running game as a whole. You very shrewdly pointed out Last week going into the game, uh, UCLA had given up, I think it was 64 yards per game on the ground. And you said that they haven't faced an opponent like ASU in terms of their ability to run the ball, which proved to be very true. Do you know how many rushing yards we had on the ground? And this is not even taken into account,
1: maybe any sacks? Well, first of all, we didn't have any sacks. Well, that's not going to matter. So what you see is what you get. We had somewhere like 160. 181 total rushing yards, holy cow.
0: 5.8 yards a carry uh, against the defense that, again, allowed only 64 yards per game. They absolutely stepped up, uh, whether it was Rashad White, uh, Trey Anum, or Jaden Daniels. We were absolutely just gashing them as a whole.
1: My absolute only complaint from this game was we didn't get Daniel of the ball, but you know what? The way that Trey Anum came back, it looked like he hadn't missed any time at all. Rashad White continues to be an absolutely dominant weapon out of the backfield as a receiver and as a runner. And Jaden was doing his thing, too. So even though I wish we could have gotten Nagata more involved, it's not like we lost the game because we just straight up could not get him involved. I had mentioned Jaden
0: kind of going blow for blow with UCLA in the first half. This is, again, we are seeing this now through the first, what is it, five games. Um, they're making adjustments at halftime, man. UCLA got shut out in the second half. The last time they scored was that goofy play where DJ Taylor had accidentally touched the ball and they recovered it on like whatever, our four five, six, whatever yard line. And they gave him essentially a free three points going into
1: halftime. That was the last time they scored. Yeah. And I, I remember watching that play sitting there like that might be a momentum swing. That might be the play that gets UCLA back into this football game. And you know what? It wasn't. ASU's defense slammed the door shut they locked the door and threw away the key and it was game over at that point there was there was no getting back into it for UCLA it ASU turned into the perfect bend but don't break defense it, in terms of total yardage yeah they kind of got ran all over a little bit but i mean seriously they clamped down and essentially only gave up 20 points yardage doesn't win football games so i'm i'm all for it yeah you, you take Take those free three points away. That defense really only gave up 20 points in like a quarter and a half. Which is phenomenal against an offense that
0: was averaging right at about 40. So, but ASU's run defense also held up well against the running backs. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about in the bad segment about DTR and his effectiveness on the ground. But their running backs only had 32 carries for 122 yards. While 122 sounds like a lot, That was only at 3.8 a pop. They had less than four yards of carry, and we heard all about UCLA's running backs coming into this game and how effective they were, just like ASU was. And they had less than four yards of carry just between the running
1: backs. Yeah, honestly, it felt more than anything as though UCLA just had chunk and chunk and chunk and chunk plays. And there was a lot of plays in between where they kind of got snuffed out. Like, take away DTR out of that game where... Oh my God, Connor, you watch that game, and you know just as well as I do that it. every time DTR took off, it felt like he had 10 to 15 yards in front of him, and he was just picking up chunk yards. But looking at and Brown, and they were really able to just clamp down what they wanted to do. Charbonnet only averaged 4.2 a pop. We kept him out of the end zone. Britton Brown was still effective, but he only had 3 yards a pop, so you take away what dorian thompson robinson was able to do and just look at the two running backs that ucla had and asu did a really good job protecting the ground game these two teams had very
0: similar strengths coming into it there were teams that could absolutely move the ball on the ground and it's not so much that they couldn't through the air there was just still a lot of question marks and what really was going to be the, the breakdown for either team was who was going to force the other one to pass and it's not so much that they just couldn't move the ball on the ground because again they were picking up some yards here and there in chunks, especially with DTR being able to pick up first downs was extremely annoying. uh, Having to sit there and watch that. We forced them to pass and short of passing to their tight end. They weren't really able to get it going. And it forced a lot of like maybe third down situations where they just weren't able to pick it up without DTR's
1: legs. Yep. You put them in an awkward situation. And in the meantime on the flip script, uh, they, they, they dared Jane Daniels to throw the ball on them. And guess what? He did. And guess what? double surprise it worked we can continue to gush and gush and gush about the sun devils and how great they looked on saturday night because they did that was one of the better games that i have seen the sun devils put pen to paper on in the herm edwards and Jane daniels era i would say that was their most complete football game of the season but there are some negatives that we need to take away from that so that's going to put an end to our first segment When we return, we're going to take a look at those negatives, dissect them a little bit, and just be frank. So, you're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. All right, college football fans, it's time to talk about Price Picks. Daily Fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Price Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. PricePix offers any prop you can think of, from yards to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All new users that make a deposit and use the promo code LOCKEDON will get a 100% instant deposit matchup up to $100. Here's how it works. Pick 2-5 player, two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. PricePix allows mixed sport entries, too. You can take the over on LeBron and combine it with the under on the homes in the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your App Store and download the app today. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. How does your favorite restaurant
0: consistently make such delicious food? The short answer... They have access to all the right kitchen tools. With Maiden's professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone is capable of making restaurant quality food all at home. Maiden produces professional quality cookware for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with the renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Maiden products are easy and last and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and can even go from stovetop to the oven. They have 5 star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs all around the world. Made in, better cookware for better meals. Right now, Made in is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code LOCKED ON. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made in products. Go to maidencookware.com backslash locked on and use the promo code LOCKED ON for 15% off your first order. That's maidencookware.com backslash locked on. Use promo code LOCKED ON.
1: Thanks for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And now that we return, let's go ahead and jump into our second segment. Connor, we talked a lot about the good. Thankfully, there's a lot of, not a lot of negative to talk about right now. So let's go ahead and just get it out of the way. What stood out to you? Let's talk about the big fat elephant in the room, DJ
0: Taylor. Dude, he's dead to me. The very first kickoff, he took that ball. What well, what was he like? Seven yards deep, nine yards deep in the end zone. And he decides to take it, and I think he got back to the Sun Devil eleven yard line.
1: So not even that. He it started out. He did like a little loop, almost. Yeah, like it wasn't like a straight. Like he took it out of the back and then ran it out. Like he kind of looked like he thought about it. It it was premeditated. He was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna run it. Does it become a moot point if he picks
0: up like the twenty five plus yards or something? Like, something like that. Sure. But at the end of the day, like. It was not a great way to start off that game. And then he makes the boat decision we already talked about in the first segment. I, I just... He, he ended up getting benched, and rightfully so. Now, you you said he is metaphorically dead to you. Like, you and I both know DJ Taylor is going to be involved again on kickoffs and, and, and punt returns. It's going to happen, and it should happen. It is a learning experience. It was just, unfortunately, not the right time and place for that to happen among the fan base. You, you just... Big game that... Seriously, it might prove to be the, the biggest win for the Sun Devils throughout the rest of the year, even though we have eight more games left. But you just, you couldn't afford it, especially that early on. If it happens at the very end of the game and you give them three free points, not a big deal. But because if at the time you had a lead going into half and you cut that lead from
1: four to one, it, it felt like a much bigger deal. Well, and he had three strikes. Th- that's the reason he's dead to me. First strike, very first kick of the game. He decides to take that thing out. He dances around in the end zone, comes out, gets nothing. He does it a second time. There was another time where that kickoff should have been right out of the back of the end zone, and he decides to take it out again and get stopped well short. Then he has that muff at the end of the first half, which gave UCLA the ball to kick a really short field goal and give themselves points going into halftime. These are mistakes that are so easily correctable and should never have happened. But DJ Taylor did it not once, not twice, but three times. So for me, that at that point, there, there is an issue that needs to be fixed. Yes, he can have a bad game, I understand that. But right now, Arizona State can't afford those kind of mental miscues. And this, this is an issue that should be taken more seriously than just a one-week blender. He needs to get seriously put in the backseat moving
0: forward. And listen, we were saying a very different st- like tune about DJ Taylor early on in the season. The first week where he won Pac-12, or at least special team honors, and I think he got either hurt in the second game. He missed either the second or third week of the season. And it's not so much that he's this key player that you need back, but you could tell there was a difference. You needed him back in your return game. He's going to learn from it. He needs to come back. It just He can't make those same mistakes moving forward.
1: It almost made me want Rashad White back there. And you can't put him back there at this point because of how important and detrimental he is to the rest of your offensive success. That if Rashad White, God forbid, did get injured on special teams, you'd be screwing yourself. But it got to a point on Saturday night where I was sitting there and I was like, honestly, yeah, put Rashad White back there. That's how frustrated I was getting.
0: He potentially almost had a wrist injury uh, week one when that happened. Exactly. Because he returned a punt and then I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember he came up from a play and he was holding his wrist. It was kind of this uh-oh moment where you couldn't afford to lose Rashad White. Because so I think at that point, uh, Chip Tranum had already went down as well. Yep. And then you haven't
1: seen it back there since.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so let's talk about DTR. It's not so much that it just, we didn't see it coming. But even after taking four sacks, he still had 96 total rushing yards. It's it's It feels like every game so far this year, we've played a pretty mobile quarterback. You expect them to run on you. And DTR did absolutely that and picked up quite a few first downs with it. It was very obnoxious as a fan to sit and listen to that or watch that happen during the game. I I think what was more frustrating is that it just didn't feel like there was an adjustment, right? They never, it didn't seem like to me they ever put a spy specifically for him where they, they could just keep him back behind the line of scrimmage. It just never
1: happened. Well, and that's, I remember texting you exactly that. I was sitting there and I'm like, I I understand that DTR is going to get his yards and he's going to do what he does on the ground. That was inevitable. It was going to happen. The frustrating thing is they made zero adjustments to try and slow him down. Every time he took off, he had 10, 15, sometimes even 20 yards in front of him to just scamper. He was making guys miss. He was breaking tackles. He looked like Lamar Jackson. It, It just... There was no stopping him, and Arizona State couldn't have cared less to try and bottle him up. That's where I was frustrated. As I'm sitting there watching the game, like, how are we learning? Like, we keep putting our hand in the flame and expecting a different result, and every time it burns us, we're like, oh, okay, well, the past is the past. Can't get us again. Well,
0: hopefully we we fix that a little bit down the road. Again, they didn't end up scoring right in the second half. So even though he had all these opportunities to pick up first downs, you just ideally you want to see the defense get off the field. And when they can't stop a, a player of his caliber, uh, it's just frustrating. So luckily they were in a position where it didn't matter in the second half. Um, let's also talk about uh, Greg Dolchich. So he was their tight end. He was their second leading receiver coming into the game. He more than doubled his receptions so far for the first couple weeks. He had seven coming into the game. And he had nine. So he, ended up, he now has 16 receptions on the year. Dude looked like he was the Mackey award winner, right? Dude, you just, you couldn't stop him. And it's not so much that he's not a good player. Uh, again, he was the second leading receiver for UCLA. It's not that we didn't expect him to be good. But again, kind of similar to DTR. There was no adjustment to shutting him down. Maybe they were focusing so much more on Kyle Phillips uh, and making sure that they, he didn't beat them deep. But I mean, quite a few big plays Dolce was able to make uh, especially as DTR rolled out of the pocket, and they just, right when you think you had them, Dolce was there to make that catch.
1: Yeah, the tight end absolutely killed us this week, and it killed us a couple weeks back against BYU as well. So this looks like it could end up being the biggest Achilles heel of the defense moving forward. Obviously, mobile quarterbacks are just going to have their way with this defense, especially if we don't want to try and make adjustments, but there, there just seems to be this feeling that the tight end is just going to be what kills us absolutely the most every single week, no matter what we try and do. It it kind of feels like the penalties. Like, it's just like, you know, death taxes and a tight end is going to get 70 yards and a touchdown against Arizona State this week. And I mean, that's really all that stood out to me and Connor, as far as I know. So if our loyal listeners thought of anything else that really stood out to them, please feel free to let us know on Twitter what you think. But until then, that's going to end our second segment. When we return, we're going to hand out a couple of game balls each. Me and Connor get two game balls, one for offense, one for defense. And we're going to go ahead and just highlight these players for how great they played. This is the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Hey, Locked On Sun Devils fans. It's time to talk to you once again about the best tasting protein bar on the market, Built Bar. Built Bar has tons and tons and tons of delicious flavors, and they're totally healthy too. Well, let's take a look at some of those flavors. they got a little bit of everything for everyone. they got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, so many more, plus those limited time flavors that come out every once in a while. So there's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, don't forget that you can always get a mix box too, where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Order today. Get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever the flavor is that you like. But make sure you go to BuiltBar.com and use that promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your first order. Again, use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And we're back for the final segment of this Victory Monday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. It's time to hand out a couple of game balls. As always, me and Connor each have two game balls to give out. We'll give out one to a person on offense and one to a person on defense, and we'll gush about them in the meantime because we have very unhealthy crushes on a lot of these players. Connor, I will be super nice and give you first pick, even though we already have predetermined who our picks are going to be. Connor, who's your first game ball going to? Rich
0: took the, the most obvious player, so I guess I'll take the second most obvious, uh, but that's got to be Jaden Daniels, right? He, he just dominated this game. The biggest thing for me was he answered the bell every single time, more so in the first half, right? It just felt like UCLA was able to move the ball somewhat at will in the first half, and they were just able to score. And I think it would be so easy for Jaden Daniels and company just to kind of say, like, really, guys? Like... We're going up against a really tough team. We need you to make a stop while we go down and score because otherwise, if it's just going back and forth, it's not really going to help. But every single time, uh, UCLA put up a field goal first. They went down and put up a field goal. Then they scored a touchdown, and Jaden Daniels did exactly the same. It just felt like the moment never got too big for him, and it showed throughout the entire
1: game, all four quarters. It was a great game by Jaden. Jaden was outstanding. And he was absolutely supported by the guy who I'm giving my first game ball to, Ricky Pearsall. Pearsall ended the day catching four of his five targets for 132 yards and two touchdowns. Both of his touchdowns were for 65 yards and 46 yards. So he, or excuse me, uh, 54 yards. 54 yards and 65 yards. He just did everything right when the ball was in his hands. He also had a couple of really good third down conversions. And overall... He proved to be the deep threat that we were looking for. He proved to be the yards after the catch guy. He was making tough grabs. He was making clutch grabs. Everything that you were asking for out of your receivers this week, Pearsall stepped up to the plate and delivered for you. I think that this may have been Pearsall's breakout game onto the scene to introduce himself to the rest of the Pac-12. That
0: would definitely be ideal going forward. Uh, But again, ideally more off options you have in an offense for your quarterback, the better it's going to be. So if you do have a number one X, that's great. But if not, it's not the end of the world. My defensive game ball is actually going to go to someone who may not hear as much about, but you're going to hear a little bit more recently due to the injury to Travez Moore, but it's going to be Anthony Cooper. He didn't necessarily do a ton on the stat sheet. He only had two tackles, but why is that? Why is that important? If he only had two tackles, That it accounted for half of our sacks. So he had two big sacks when we needed them. Uh, in more of a rotational role. So, ideally, he can get a little bit more starting time as well. Uh, but Anthony Cooper's a nice young player that if he's going to be uh, effective with his touches, I'm going to be here for it. Uh, and if he can get a little bit more playing time as well, um, I, I'm interested to see what he can do.
1: Yeah, and I'll go ahead and finish up highlighting the darling of the Locked On Sun Doubles podcast, our Lord and Savior, Darian Butler. Butler only had three tackles on the day, one of them was a huge tackle for a loss, though. And quite honestly, he was just all over the field making plays. So even though the box score doesn't do justice to Butler's impact on the field, once again for the Sun Devils, he continues to be their best defensive player by a lot. Butler is just on a whole other level. And quite frankly, I don't know if we deserve how great of a player Darian Butler is, but he is the heart and soul of the defense that was once again the outcome against the UCLA Bruins. And even though DTR ran all over us, I have no doubt that Butler, if he was out of that game. So with that being said, that's going to wrap up a Victory Monday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Make sure that you're following both me, Connor, and the podcast on Twitter at RichieBrads36, at Cedrios, and at LO underscore Sun Devils. Subscribe to us for Monday through Friday content for everything Sun Devils related on Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks for making the Locked On Sun Devils podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you tune in to us tomorrow as we begin to go over the new appearance in the most recent ranking for the AP poll that the Sun Devils have once again gotten themselves back into. A little bit everything in between there. And now go ahead and make your second listen, the Locked On Pac-12 podcast with our favorite host, Cindy Robinson. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast.